Live and direct. Yeah. They came for a show so quiet on the set. On the set. Quiet as it's kept. Yeah. We came from the bottom with our grind and our sweat. And I sweat. It's time to collect. Yeah. Every single thing from the shine to the checks. Then again, you know it's only up from here. You can go and clock out, it's only us from here. Make a lot of noise, a lot of fuss from here. With the game on the line, we just clutch from here. You ain't gotta ask, I'ma go be great. Everybody in my circle, they gon' go be great. If you ain't on the team, homie, don't be late. Cause everybody on my team, they gon' go be great. Yeah, yeah, they gon' go be great. Everybody on my team, they gon' go be great. Yeah, yeah, they gon' go be great. Everybody in my circle, they gon' go be great. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode number seven of the Derek Lane podcast. I am your host, Derek Lane, and I want to thank you all for joining the show. I want to send a huge shout out to all of my day one listeners and say what's good to all of my new listeners who are making this day one. I am here to inspire, entertain, and inform you all with everything happening around the crib and the world. This is the podcast for the city, Dade County, 305. Stand up. Let's go. It's the holiday season, and this is my favorite time of the year. I just made my first batch of Coquito of the season, and it was amazing, Oprah voice. For the next two months, I will be watching Home Alone 2 on repeat and getting turned up on any liquored-up holiday drink. Yes, that means if I go to Starbucks and I get one of their chestnut pralines, I'm slipping some Baileys inside of it, and I am turning up all of the way. Eggnog will have some rum in it. This holiday season, I am getting lit. I hope you guys are on that same game plan as me. Please do it responsibly, but let's get up for the holiday season. I don't play the lotto, but you will catch me at the nearest Fresco Mas on Monday getting a Powerball ticket or two or three or four. It has been since August 3rd since someone last won the Powerball drawing and the jackpot is now $1.9 billion. That's billion with a B. This is the largest the Powerball has ever been. Can you imagine hitting the jackpot and becoming an instant billionaire? What would you do with that money? I don't even know what I would do with a billion dollars. I'm such a simple person. Like, I don't have a dream car. I'm not into jewelry or flashy things. So I would buy some nice-ass home and just be confused what to do with the rest of the money. My girl is going to hate to hear this because she is a finance and investing guru and would expect me to mention something about diversifying in the stock market, buying rental properties, and a bunch of other financially responsible things. Meanwhile, I will probably do some ignorant shit like try to break MC Hammer's record of blowing through the money. Since I can't comprehend how much a billion dollars is, I went to the almighty Google to see what you can buy with a billion dollars. So here are five things you can buy with a billion dollars in the event you win. One, buy Ohio's most expensive home, which is $8 million. I don't know where this list came from and why is a home in Ohio listed as their top thing. But you can buy 125 of these. But why would you live in Ohio? I did undergrad in Ohio in the most, and it's the most miserable state in the country. And I mean the most miserable state. Outside of Skyline Chili and convincing people to go cow tipping and snipe hunting, the best thing you can do in Ohio is leave. Number two on the list is take a trip to space. This will cost about $50 million a seat. 
Now, as a nerd, I love this idea. Experiencing zero gravity, getting closer to the moon, possibly seeing the space station, all of this would be fire. But then I remember the Columbia tragedy, and I think I'll pass. Number three, buy King Tut's mask, which is valued at $2 million. The mask is covered in gold and a bunch of other jewels, so I guess this is fly. But it was recovered from his tomb, and wasn't that cursed? I'm good. Number four, a billion dollars can get you the Mona Lisa. The Mona Lisa is valued at $850 million. Now that's a flex, but you're spending 75% of your money you just won. And I'm sorry, the Mona Lisa does not look that good for that amount of money. Maybe I'm just not an art connoisseur, but I feel like the caricature portraits that you can get at the U Fair are way better than the Mona Lisa. Now, if we're talking about the original Starry Night from Van Gogh, I would still pass, but that one is dope. Number five, you can buy the Miami Marlins. Now, I would definitely do this, not because I love the Marlins, not because I love baseball, but I would buy the Marlins and relocate them to some place like Homestead so that the Miami Hurricanes can take their stadium back over. Things have not been the same for the U since the Orange Bowl was knocked down. Just last week, I told you all about the story of Hialeah Juicy, the man who was allegedly beaten up by two Hialeah men due to his political views. Now, as more information comes out and videos of the incident are released, we can see the details surrounding the attack being politically charged are a little stretched. And by a little, I mean a lot. In the video, the guys acknowledged the GOP canvasser was wearing a Mark Rubio t-shirt, but that was about it. The attackers told the canvasser to walk away and do your job, and that was the extent of any political references. In one of the videos, the canvasser was actually seen squaring up with one of the guys, throwing up his set, so the fight appeared mutual. Supposedly, the fight began because the canvasser was looking too hard at one of the guy's girlfriends. But highly Juicy took the politically charged narrative and ran with it. It was whack, but in this day and age, I understand why he did it. You can make so much money by politically charging your views and going to the extreme. It's the easiest way to get a bag these days. So I understand exactly why he mentioned it. You know, he's getting his 15 minutes of fame. He's getting in the spotlight for it, just like Juicy Smouye. In other crying wolf news, are you guys keeping up with the story of the OnlyFans model who killed her boyfriend back in April? Text messages between the couple show a glimpse of how toxic their relationship was. And the defense for the OnlyFans girl is getting weaker and weaker. We saw the elevator video where she repeatedly hit her boyfriend, Christian Obumselli, over and over. I'm sorry if I don't know how to pronounce his name. Now text messages are showing the OnlyFans girl had a history of being the aggressor, allegedly stabbing him, calling him the N-word, spitting on him, hitting him with objects. He even sent a text message wondering if he would ultimately be killed by her. And sure enough, it happened. A few months ago, I made a video about her not guilty plea and a good portion of people killed my post when it was shared to other platforms with a different demographic makeup than my base. I'm, al I'm also watching something unique with this case. Christian, who was a black man, is getting very little sympathy from anyone. In the black community, people are not offering support because he posted some demeaning-ass tweets about black women. In other races, Christian is not being readily acknowledged as a victim either. 
And I think that leads down the path of the sad reality for men who are domestic violence victims. Men are not viewed as victims in domestic violence situations because it's a misnomer. How can a strong man be victimized by a woman, right? They can easily protect themselves from a woman. They're bigger, faster, stronger. They can run away. And when the victim is a black man, that sympathy and acceptance of them being acknowledged as a victim is even less. Christian is the first victim I can remember in a long time who is receiving as little support as he is getting. Lastly, my Miami Hurricanes got power tapped in the rivalry game this past weekend by the Florida State Seminoles. This is the worst Miami Hurricanes team I have ever seen, and I am just blown away by how trash they are. It was the homecoming game against FSU, and they just danced all over the field on the Canes. On Friday, I took my family to the boat burning at UM, and that experience should have been an omen. The fireworks and light show that UM puts on is second to none, but there is something conceptually wrong with the setup. Lake Osceola is pretty much surrounded by buildings, so the loud boom of the fireworks is amplified to extreme heights because the sound just keeps bouncing off of the buildings. My kids could not take the noise, and it turned into a really bad experience really quick. We left a little early because it was just too much for the kids, and that was just foreshadowing to game day. FSU lit the canes up like the fireworks, and it was just too much for the kids at the U. As I said before, this season is long over, and it sucks because there was so much promise. Anyways, I want to thank you all for rocking with me and checking me out for another episode. Please make sure to rate, comment, and subscribe on this show, and follow me on all social media platforms listed in the description. Before I go, I want to leave you all with this final message. The dreams you chase won't be easy. The 1% aren't specially gifted individuals. They aren't superheroes that were given some rare ability. They're just the 1% who did not give up on their dreams. Don't be like the 99% who give up. Just keep going regardless of the obstacles. Stick with your passion. I hope you all have an amazing week this week. And as always, my people, go be great. Oh, wait, before we go, I can't leave without this one little part. My favorite person, my favorite person in the world. Happy birthday. I love you, baby. Now, go be great.